for, for the most part, there are subjects in the Bible that are, there's not a lot of information about. And that one of them is tithing. Uh, one of them is, uh, of course, church membership um, and different, different subjects. So we're going to take a, a look at some of those. And uh, I wanted to finish up our last lesson on the gift of tongues. And so uh, if you'll get your Bibles out, uh, let's go ahead and turn uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're just going to touch on a few, uh, a few things today about that gift. Now, I want to say this. There was definitely the gift of tongues on uh, the, uh, the day of Pentecost. And uh, the apostle Peter uh, preached. And when he preached, it was amazing that 17 different nations were gathered together uh, and they all heard the, the word of God as Peter was preaching in Hebrew. They all heard the word of God being preached in their own language. And so we want to stress that um, there, there was at a specific time in the Bible the gift of tongues. But I want to show you some things to think about this morning that uh, that was a, in, in what we believe, uh, of course, is a temporary gift. That was a sign uh, for the Jews, and uh, we believe that uh, gift is no longer in operation today. And uh, the reason we, we have some evidence, of course, of, of that. But I want you to remember that uh, there are some differences in the way uh, folks believe, different denominations. And uh, I don't want anybody to feel, uh, since we are a Baptist church and uh, you know, there's all kinds of denominations. But here's my main point this morning. I don't want anybody to feel in church that when you run across different uh, people that believe different ways, I, I first want to say that the, the main quality you ought to have is charity uh, and allow people to believe whatever they want, not to make them feel bad. Um, there are people that don't believe in the King James Version, but I don't want them to feel attacked in, in, in church. And so uh, vice versa, I don't want to be attacked uh, uh, for holding views that I, that I hold. And you shouldn't be um, intimidated by someone that would say, for instance, that they speak in tongues. I've had many people that I've been close to that said they spoke in tongues. Now, as I got into the Bible and started uh, researching and studying depth in depth, um, not only in scripture, but in practical, practical uh, operation. I find that the, the gift of tongues that the Bible was uh, involved with in Acts chapter 2 and in the early days of the first church has nothing to do with what's going on in America today and all the parts of the world. It's not being practiced in a biblical sense. Uh, and so what we, what we learned last week was that um, it is a sign for the Jewish people, and that's in Joel chapter 2, of course, uh, but also it was a miracle of hearing, not necessarily speaking. So when somebody uh, spoke in tongues, uh, the miracle in the day of Pentecost was that they heard the word of God in their own language. Uh, I've been intimidated before. Uh, by uh, different Christians. And by the way, they're great people. And I, I don't have any hatred at all for them. Uh, they believe in Jesus. They, many people, they, they believe, um, you know, the fundamentals of, of the faith, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that salvation is by grace through faith. I don't have any problem with that. But uh, there is an extreme element of the Pentecostal movement that I believe is very dangerous for people, and that is that they believe, uh, many of them, that if you don't speak in tongues, you don't really have the possession and the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll say this, it's very important to realize that when you got saved, whether you felt it or not, the Bible says that you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. That, that's a fact that's faith that's not feeling although sometimes people when they got saved they they do feel better um, sometimes uh, burdens are lifted at calvary uh, my, i myself i i've got a wonderful uh, uh feeling of peace in my soul I, it, it's not it's not unfeeling it's not undetectable uh, but however um whether you are someone that is emotional or not 
Uh, I know every person has a different emotional makeup. And sometimes, you know, people would be looking at a fire burning and say, well, that's, that's really sad. Uh, somebody could have uh, different reactions to different things, you know. Well, uh, in, the, in the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells at the moment of salvation, I believe it's a momentary thing that you don't grow into salvation, but it's a decision that you made. Some people are carrying heavy burdens, and at the moment of salvation, sometimes it's a big relief. I've been with people that broke down crying, just sobbing, and just hugged me uh, as I explained the gospel to them. Some people, uh, well, just right down the street here, um, I was witnessing, I think uh, Justin was with me that day, I think. Anyway, I was witnessing to a man on, on a neighbor down here, right down on the Guide Meridian, and I knocked on his door, and uh, he came out very friendly, and I told him that we were right up the street, wanted to invite him to church. And then I asked him, of course, uh, by the way, if you, it, do you know the Lord as your Savior? Do you, have you ever, uh, and as I was witnessing to him and asking him questions and talking about the Bible, because he seemed not to understand, and uh, I said, so ha have, you, have you ever had a, a moment in your life when you asked Jesus to be your Savior. You know what he told me? He said, while you were just talking to me, I did that. That's the first time I've ever had that happen. I said, wait, you you just asked Jesus in your heart to come in and, and be your Savior while, while I was talking? And uh, he said, yes, I did. And I said, that's amazing. So I said, you just made a decision in your heart. and you, So basically, he didn't have any emotional response to his his decision to to trust christ so everybody's different and I, and I want you to know god knows that he made us all however when you when you receive the holy spirit it's not necessarily uh evidenced by an emotional response it's a fact of scripture and that's what you should be counting on when you receive christ as your personal savior so the people that tell us that we don't have the Holy Spirit are wrong. When they look at uh, Christianity and say, well, he's not saved. He, he doesn't speak in tongues or she, she doesn't know the Lord. She, has, she doesn't have the evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Do you know really what the Holy Ghost actually evidences? Uh, one, of the, one of the big evidences that you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you it's not an emotional response of tongues. That's, that's, that's the least thing that ever happened in the Bible. The greatest thing ever happened in the Bible was the evidence of that you would be a witness. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, And, ye sh and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you should be witnesses. The and um, when a cup gets filled... It comes out the lip of the cup, the little rim of the cup. That's called the lip of the cup. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it, you can't help but spill over. And the lip, it comes out your lip. It, it comes out of your heart. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I don't want anybody, anybody ever to feel like you missed out on something because you don't speak in tongues. Everybody with me on this? You didn't miss out on some special kind of blessing. In fact, today we're going to see that that's, that's not what the, the Bible teaches us. Uh, you're, not, you're, you're not missing out on anything. So the premise of the, the lesson this morning is, yes, there was tongues, but it's over. The, the evidence is more clear that that gift has ceased. The Bible says it would cease. Um, the Pentecostal and the Charismatics of today are, I believe, deceived. Uh, I don't believe they're all evil, and I don't believe they're all going to hell, and I don't believe that we should attack them at all. I believe they've had some teachers that taught them wrong about the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's a, a false interpretation of, of the Bible of a gift that has, has long ceased. Uh, how many would agree that Right now in America, there's a lot of people that are stressed. A lot of people carrying heavy loads. A lot of emotional, uh, pent-up 
pressure inside. Uh, suicides all over the place. So there's a natural uh, there's a natural tendency for people to need some kind of release of all the pressures of life. That's a normal thing. God God knows that we're living in a day and age where sometimes you just need to get away. Sometimes you just need a break. And by the way, if it's time for a vacation, go do it. Man, save your save yourself from this wild, wild world and have some kind of place where you can have an outlet. Anybody have an outlet? Uh, some people do different things. I, I like to go beat the stuffings out of a golf ball sometimes, take my aggression out on this little white ball, and it is fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that every time I go golfing I have to go kill something, no. But, you know, we're, we're all uh, emotional people. So I think what's happening today is that preachers have misinterpreted the gift of tongues. And so, as I said last uh, lesson, it is a, uh, it's a release. It's either emotional release of a pent-up emotion or it's satanically inspired. I don't believe the gift of tongues is in operation today as you look in the Bible. So let's go to the Bible. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says now <clears throat> in verse number 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you understanding that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost, if, if they really believe it. So there's the Holy Ghost um, representing the truth out of somebody's mouth. It says, saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So we all have different gifts. The Bible specifically tells us there's diversities of gifts. It says in verse number four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. So every church is going to be a little different. Every person's going to be a little different. All of your gifts are not going to match up exactly with mine. We all have different gifts. And it says there are diversities of operations. So administrations, operations, not every church does it the same as a different church. And thank God for that. Every church has the uh, freedom to be autonomous, self-governing, um, and so forth. So, But it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation, that's the outward uh, appearance, the light of the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, and here's the key to the gift of tongues, as it was used. It was to profit everyone with all. So remember this. The Apostle Paul was not praising the Corinthian church. The Apostle Paul was correcting the church. They were making a terrible error in their operation and Paul was writing, he wrote three letters to the Corinthians. Actually, we know two of them, but he mentions a third letter, and he was correcting the church. The church was really making some terrible mistakes. All right, so there were gifts that God gave to some men in the early days of the church. Uh, there was only one kind of church. It was a biblical church. And when they were in infancy, uh, it provided them... The, the gifts and the miracles and all the things that was temporary. The reason God did that was because it, it provided a way to get the gospel out in a very, very, very quick way, a very powerful way. It had the attention of the whole uh, community, the whole uh, nation of Israel. They, they took notice. For instance, Paul actually healed people. Remember that? He had a handkerchief one time that, that actually healed people. Uh, they, they lined up people in the streets sometimes when, when the Apostle Paul walked by or Peter could heal people. Uh, so people were raised from the dead. Uh, there was a gift of knowledge. In other words, that doesn't mean that the gift of knowledge is uh, just plain knowledge. Like 
the Bible says, uh, I write these things that you may know that you have eternal life. And there's, there's general knowledge. But the gift of knowledge was different. That is when uh, a, a pastor or a prophet or some godly man like Peter, he could look at Ananias and Sapphira and he could know exactly what they were thinking and what there was a burst of knowledge. They, they, they knew what had happened. The Holy Spirit revealed things. Now, that, that as a gift is not in operation anymore. However, God does reveal things to people. But as a, as a, as a major gift like, um, like it was used in the Bible, there are some gifts that are gone now. I believe tongues is one of those. Um, and uh, prophecy, brand new prophecy. I believe that's over. We already have the scripture. So uh, real quickly, if I tell you as, as a pastor, God spoke to me last night. He, he gave me a, a clear word as a prophet would. And I wrote that down. That's called scripture if God said it. See, holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's not of any private interpretation. So if, if these prophets in the world, they, they say God spoke to them, many of them do. If they have anything different from what the Bible says, we have confusion now. Somebody's lying. Some, Joseph Smith was a liar. He called himself a prophet. He doesn't... What he wrote down is not scripture, folks. It's not biblical scripture. Because, in fact, um, if you go back into the Old Testament, a false prophet that said, I heard God speak, uh, thus saith the Lord. If that, if that went against what was already revealed, now we have somebody's worthy of uh, execution. Did you know God in the Old Testament said, "You these false prophets take them out and stone them." That's really rough because because it's it's actually subjective. So, tongues, yes, there was a gift of tongues. Is it in operation today? No. Uh, knowledge was the gift of knowledge given. Yes, it was. But is it in operation today? No. Uh, and uh, prophecy, brand new prophecy. It, was there new prophecy in the days of the, uh, the new church, the uh, early church? Yes. Uh, Paul was a prophet. And uh, all the Bible hasn't been written when Paul started. He, he still had journeys to finish. And then he still had uh, to be an aged man. Uh, John the apostle, he was an elder. So the, all the Bible wasn't written until it was done. So yes, there was prophecy given in the days of the New Testament. However, it's over now. We have the final revelation of John. It's over. Now we have a completed body of scripture. Now if somebody comes and says, um, God spoke to me last night. Okay, boy, we've got, we've got a problem then if they disagree with what the Bible says. Everybody follow that? But what if it agrees with the Bible? Well, then it's not new prophecy. <laughs> We already have it, right? How do you gauge what somebody says? You gauge it by what the Bible says. If it's different from what the Bible says, who's wrong? The framers of the Bible, the translators of the Bible, or the new prophets? I believe the new prophets are wrong if they go against the Bible. It's confusion. God's not in that. Uh, and so now... With the gift of tongues, it is true that it was in operation. Now, uh, let's go to chapter number 12 and verse number 7. Uh, in verse number 7 it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Remember, everybody's supposed to profit from it. So it's not a personal prayer language. Uh, if, I, if I get in my closet and I and I don't even perform any clear, clear words. It's not a sin. It's just nobody knows what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. And people, I don't care how people pray. They can pray silent. They can sing. They can hum. They can mumble. I, it, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care how anybody prays. But if they're going to get in church and pray that way where there's no understanding, 
and there's no clear language or no interpreter of any kind, guess what? It does nobody any good. That's what Paul was trying to say. If God gives a gift to somebody, it was supposed to be for, for the edification of the whole church. Verse uh, number 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. So answer, answer my question here if you, could, if you would. Was there the gift of healing in operation at this particular time? Yes. Answer is yes. Is the gift of healing in operation today? I don't believe it is. I, does God heal people though today? Yes. I believe he does. Can you pray and, 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 and uh, would you be able to see sometimes God answer that prayer? Yes. Now what if everybody gets together and they pray as it is uh, uh, depicted in James, I believe James chapter 5. What if somebody's sick and uh, they come and call for the elders of the church and they anoint them with oil and they lay their hands on them and they pray for the sick person. Is that biblical? Yes. Absolutely. I've done that. In fact, uh, I know one preacher that he had a lady in the church. They, they came forward uh, and asked if they could be anointed with oil. And he anointed the, uh, the lady with oil and because uh, she couldn't have a baby. And she was many, many years and uh, <laughs> the joke was the preacher, he, he anointed her with oil and she had a baby and the preacher said, aren't you glad I didn't use three-in-one oil? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. Uh, I, I, I've always used olive oil. I don't, I don't know why because it's the only oil in the Bible that I, that I, I, I don't even know if that's uh, really seriously, in, intensely important, but... Uh, there's been people that I've prayed for. So it is biblical. But I'm not the healer. Amen. You see, I don't have the gift of healing. God's the one that heals. Yes. And I think in, in many Baptist churches, we're kind of scared of that. And I don't think we ought to be scared of it. I think if somebody's not feeling well, it is a biblical, scriptural thing to come and have the elders of the church pray over them and anoint them with oil. Amen. And uh, they have their sins forgiven. And that, But... But we can't put that on the preacher. We can't put that on the elders of the church. They don't have the gift of healing. If we had the gift of healing, why don't we just go down and get rid of COVID? Why don't we go down to St. Joseph's and just wipe out the whole thing? There's, there's cancer patients. There's heart conditions. If we really had the gift that the apostles had, why aren't we using it? Why is that gift so, uh, so much advertised on television? Why isn't it used practically in places where they need it? Because there's no such thing. But God does heal, doesn't he? he? Yes, he does. He does heal whenever he wants to. But these guys, these charlatans and fakes and phonies and frauds, they said, you know, just come to the meeting and we're gonna, we have a healing meeting. No, you don't. Yeah, nobody has that gift. But the Apostle Paul had it, and Peter had it, and it was in operation in the early days of the church. Why? Why was it in operation? Because the gospel had to get out in a very quick way. It was all, and they, they took notice. Well, here's a guy that was uh, raised from the dead. My goodness. If that gift is in operation, how come nobody's using it today? Because it's not in operation. Um, and so... As he will. Look, look at verse number 11. It says, um, oh, verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. So, yes, this, this isn't for today, though. Uh, to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. So, there was a difference between the, the operation of Acts chapter 2 and the furtherance of that gift in the operation of the new churches. Because in the new churches, God said, you have to have an interpreter. And there was no interpreter in, in the days of uh, Acts chapter 2. The, the miracle was in the hearing, and they heard. Uh, there was no in, intermediate interpreter. But, but the Corinthians were abusing this gift. 
and they were they were making mistakes so we'll see that in a minute but let's look now it says diverse kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues so in order to be a biblical scriptural practice of tongues in that day it was it was disallowed and it was unscriptural and it was wrong if they didn't have an interpreter they had to have an interpreter uh, let's go to verse number 11 but all these what's the reason for all these gifts all these worketh that one and same self same self same spirit that's the holy spirit dividing to every man severally as he will so they didn't all heal they didn't all speak in tongues they didn't all have the gift of knowledge they didn't they didn't all prophesy so these god gave specific gifts to specific people in the early days of the church so that the gospel could break barriers and cross over lines that it had never crossed over yet it had to get out in, in fact um, acts chapter 2 says there were every nation under heaven was represented on the day of Pentecost. Okay, so let's go to verse 28. Um, uh, the rest of this chapter is, is dealing with, of course, the body and different members, and we won't get into that, but you can read that. A church is a, a, a conglomeration, organism. Or it's not an organization only, it's an organism. It's a body, just like your human body. There is a function that everybody takes, takes part in. All right, let's look at verse uh, 28. It says, Now God hath set some in the church, first apostles, so the apostles were still alive, secondarily prophets, there was, there was still yet to come scripture that had not been completed yet, and thirdly teachers, so that, that's a wonderful thing. People taught, uh, Jesus told us to teach the gospel to every creature. After that, miracles. So yes, there was the miracles were still in operation at that time, and gifts of healing. So there was yet to be people being healed, um, and people that had the gift of healing used it. Um, but there, those those gifts are gone now for the individual to have the gift to just go up and heal somebody. Uh, helps. I believe that is still in operation. Governments is in operation. Diversities of tongues. And I believe that one gift so that that could be used uh, was specifically said in the Bible that whether there be tongues, they shall cease. So we, we have a specific comment that at some point tongues would cease, prophecies would uh, indeed uh, fail. Uh, fail to be given in any way and then knowledge would vanish away um, so these spiritual gifts in my judgment and in my uh, study were definitely in operation in the new church so at this point though in corinthians uh, the completed body of scripture had not been given yet and uh, it, it was still incomplete uh, several books at this particular time while these gifts in first corinthians were in operation Several books of the Bible had not even been written yet, which is, of course, uh, important to note. Um, so in verse number 20, uh, 20 uh, or 30, have all the gifts of healing. Uh, the implication there is that people did have the gift of healing, right? But did all have that gift? No. Uh, do all speak with tongues? Of course, the answer is no. They didn't all speak with tongues. Do all interpret? And we know the answer to that was no. Not everybody had the gift of interpretation. So it was special for special people that God had chosen. Verse 31. But covet, it says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Hmm. What are the best gifts? Obviously, there's several gifts that were in operation. But God says there are some gifts that were better than the others. Uh, so you see, those gifts were not to be aggrandized. They're, they're not supposed to be made famous. The, those gifts are not to be focused on. Uh, there are better gifts. God says there's, a, there's better gifts. Covet earnestly 
the best gifts, and yet show I you unto you a more excellent way. He's about to tell us in chapter 13 that the best gift you could possibly have in church is not speaking in tongues, it's not knowledge, it's not prophecy, it's, it's not healing. That Those are gifts that were temporary. It's not something you should just really be all upset. That they, listen, there's churches that teach people, like, do you, have, do you speak in tongues yet? No. Well, you, you better start praying. You, God hasn't revealed it. You know, you, you're not up to the level of that. That's just wrong. That's wrong. You're not of a lower level because you don't speak in tongues. By the way, I'd rather, I'd rather be around somebody that had a lot of love, a lot of charity, and never spoke one word of a different language. I'd rather be around. I'd rather have the gift of charity than anything in this world. I'd rather love people more than any. I, you, 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 can, you can probably get maybe a tidbit of wisdom here and there from me. You can probably get a little bit of counsel from time to time, but you know what I'd rather have? I'd rather have the amount of love that Jesus had and so I could love my neighbor and love my Lord and love my church members and love my family, love my wife. It's, it's important. That is the best gift that you could ever have. It says uh, in verse number one, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Now, if I did, or not that there is, but if, uh, though I speak with the tongues of men of angels. I don't believe angels had some spiritual gift that God revealed to man so he could pray in an angelic tongue. I don't, I don't believe that's what he means here. Remember, he's correcting the church. They didn't have charity. They were, they were misusing the gifts. Um, verse number one, it says, And have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, so it was a gift, and understand all mysteries, so that was a special gift at that time, and all knowledge, you see he's, he's reiterating these gifts, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. If you had the faith that could move Mount Baker into the ocean, that would not be as good a gift as your love for your people and love for your neighbor and have charity for one for another and to profit the whole church see so these gifts they were just temporary many of them and they were uh for a specific pers person and a specific purpose to get the news out um so uh verse 13 of chapter 13 let's look at this now it says um and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Now, in this chapter, the greatest gift that you could possibly have, which God tells us to covet earnestly the best gifts, that would be love. Just flat out love of God, forgiveness, compassion, mercy. Not, not that you're, you have some higher level of spiritual prayer life. These people, they, they bore me to death with their pride to make me feel like I'm not praying in the spirit, to make me feel like I've missed out on a special gift that would elevate me to a deeper life. You can see it. Uh, it's all over America in the Pentecostal and charismatic movements. You'll see a, a service and all of a sudden people, uh, you know, I... I don't, I don't care what people do. I really don't. But when they, when they try to make me feel like I, I have missed something, then that's spiritual pride. And I've been in churches where a man, uh, he got up and he, uh, he got the attention of everybody. I have a word. This is how it's done sometimes. Not in every place, but when I saw it, this is how it was done. He said, I have a word. Everybody got quiet. And they all looked over at brother so-and-so. And he held his Bible up and he said, ah, and he started gibbering and gibbering. And I don't know what he said. He doesn't know what he said. Nobody knows what he said. 
It didn't do any good for anybody. They called that the gift of tongues. That's not the gift of tongues, folks. It's confusion. It's absolute confusion. So you see, as a, as a church member, they're looking at this fella. Oh, he's getting a word from God. Wow, we better be quiet. This is really important. He's, he's communicating in the spirit with God. God's actually communicating through him, and we're just about to find out what he said. And then somebody else stood up right a couple of pews and said, I have an interpretation. And everybody got quiet again. The fellow that was speaking in the gibberish, he sat down. He was babbling. And the other fellow stood up and he got his Bible, happened to be the guy that invited me to the church. I just watched the whole thing. I was watching what they say, the gift of tongues is in operation. Folks, it was nothing but a show of nonsense. Anyway, he got his Bible out, and he, prof he professed to know what this guy said. He said, I have an interpretation. Now, how's anybody going to prove? How do you know? It's all spooky spirit stuff that... It, 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 it's, it's nonsense. But, but you know what he did? He got his Bible out and he, he started paraphrasing what the Bible already said. The Lord loves his people. And it was just non-confrontational, non normal things that you and I already know. That's not interpretation. By the way, nobody there spoke a different language. There wasn't any Russian people there or German people or Spanish or Indian. There was no reason for that. Uh, and I believe it was a false, uh, completely false thing what they did. It was totally unscriptural. If that's a way a church wants to do it, I say go ahead, but don't call it the gift of tongues. If we want to have somebody stand, I have interpretation. Well, okay, you think you do. You, you, you don't know how to prove that. And I think there's whole churches that get up and do that. Now, there are other churches where everybody, at the same time, they, uh, they go to the altar and they pray and what they think is tongues. Uh, it's, it's, it's really scary sometimes. Like I told you uh, a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, my own mother went to a cowboy church in Ellensburg and they got her in a back room and the guy was rubbing her shoulders, which he shouldn't have been touching my mom. He shouldn't have been doing that. Not you, you don't do that. There's no pastor that should touch a woman in that way, shape, or form. Uh, but he, they were in there, and they were rubbing her shoulders, and they're trying to get her to relax, and they gave her a little sentence, and, and they said, now, Mrs. Shaver, just say this over and over again. That's not, that's not the biblical, scriptural a gift of tongues as it was used in the Bible. Um, so we have, we have a controversy in, in the world today. Now remember this. Um, I, want, I want to try to go a little quicker. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, would you go with me to verse number 11? Chapter, let's go back and see what this, this set the stage or the press of, uh, what do you call it? The, pre, uh, the premise of the whole uh, book is found in um, the first chapter uh, and chapter 3 and 5. Let's go and see what, what was Paul's relationship to the Corinthians. I believe he was under uh, strict correction. They were not doing right. Uh, look at verse number 11, please, of chapter 1. It says, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I of Cephas, I of Christ. Uh, he was correcting them for uh, preacher worship, I guess, or apostle worship. He says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Uh, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So they, they put too much emphasis on the pastor, too much emphasis on the preacher, too much emphasis on the apostle, and they were divided. It's happened in, in almost every uh, walk of life, you know. 
especially in church, like I'm a Hiles guy, I'm a Bob Gray guy, I'm a I'm a I'm a Lee Robertson guy, I'm a I'm a Homer uh, Homer Lindsay guy, I, I I'm I'm a guy of uh, yeah, and they, they have a champion that they say I'm of him, and I went to that college or I did this, or, that's my man, that's that's the greatest guy in the world, and that's what's happening in this church. See that that was wrong, wasn't it? That was wrong. Uh, he says. And Paul said this in verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you. Now, aren't you glad that he was correcting them? Uh, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any of you say that I've baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any. If baptism was so important for salvation, Paul must not have really thought much of it, did he? Uh, com compared to salvation, he said, I don't remember if I baptized anybody. I think, you know, uh, uh, him and him and him and the household of Stephanus. But God didn't send me to baptize. See, that's the key. Now, that was a correction. Um, uh, look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not of wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So was it important that, that uh, the Corinthians were corrected? Absolutely, we're getting off track, weren't they? All right, let's go to chapter three because I'm running out of running out of time. Uh, let's go to chapter three, verse one through four. He said, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto what? Carnal. carnal. They were carnal Christians, even as unto what? Babes in Christ." He says, "I, there's contention among you." You're worshiping, uh, you're, you're aggrandizing men, you're carnal, you're babes. He says, I couldn't feed you with milk. Look at verse number two. I fed you with milk, not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So it's not that um, he didn't have compassion on new Christians. Everybody has to drink milk of the word and, and be nurtured in the Bible. That's not what he was saying. He was saying... You know, you should you should be farther along in your Christian life than this. I, I I couldn't even give you meat, and you weren't able to bear it. And even now you can't handle it. Look at it says, yet and neither yet now are you able. So Paul was not. He he was not praising them. He was correcting them. They had not uh, done right. Look at verse number three. For yet ye are yet carnal. So even at that time. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are you not carnal uh, and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, the other, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So that wasn't good. The Corinthian church was not doing good. And we don't have time to develop it all, but they, they were making mistakes at the Lord's Supper. Concerning spiritual gifts, they didn't realize how they were to be in operation. They were making errors in just about every aspect of church life. Um, and uh, the, even, even in the operation of the church, they were, they were arguing about who's more important. Um, let's look in chapter 5 because we have two verses in chapter 5. Now, also in this church, there was fornication. It says in verse 1, it is reported commonly, commonly, it was commonly reported. Everybody was talking about it. It was common to hear <clears throat> that in the church at Corinth, there was fornication in the church. <clears throat> there is fornication among you and such fornication as it is not so much named among the Gentiles. So we're talking about primarily a Jewish congregation. The gifts were assigned to the Jewish people. It was built and made and generated so that the Jews could have a sign. And that's what tongues were. Uh, it says uh, that one of you should have his father's wife and ye are puffed up. That's not good. Ye are, are you not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from you what uh, wasn't even it was still allowed in the church there was incest in the church and you know what they didn't deal with it so how many would say when you get into the spiritual gifts and the operations of the church 
First Corinthian, the Corinthian church was not doing well. There was division, there was strife, there was contention, there was preacher worship, uh, there, was, there was a misuse of tongues, there was fornication, adultery. My goodness, the church had a lot of problems. That's what Paul said. And, uh, but he still loved them, and he was still working with them. Uh, now, tongues were actually for a reason. It was a sign. Uh, let's go to... Uh, chapter 5 or excuse me chapter uh, 14 1 Corinthians 14 you can read this the operation of the gift of tongues and different spiritual gifts now here's something Paul said now uh, about uh, ha having this gift in operation <clears throat> uh, in verse 20 it says now uh, brethren be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In, in the law it, it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues, verse 22, you might circle this, tongues, the gift of tongues, are for a sign not to them that believe but to them that believe not why did God give the gift of tongues it wasn't for saved people what was it for it was for those that didn't believe and it was a miracle of communication and it was it was seen and recorded how it was operating in the in the book of Acts, and it crossed over a miraculous barrier of language to get the gospel out. That's why God allowed people, the apostles, to heal people. It wasn't to make the apostle look good. It was to heal people to get the gospel out. Why why did they have people raised from the dead? Why all these wonderful gifts like the gift of knowledge and prophecy? Why? Because the whole world had to get the gospel, and it spread like wildfire all over the world. It's amazing. Let's look at it. It says, tongues were for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them that believe. There, there is a, uh, another uh, definition of preaching. Uh, it, it is also prophesying so there there is a, a difference there but I'm not a prophet I'm a preacher you're you're not a prophet but you can be a preacher and ladies can actually uh, give the gospel out they they can be evangelistic uh, God doesn't allow women to be preachers in the Bible where they're not allowed to speak as authoritatively preachers they're not they're not allowed to do that uh, that's not chauvinistic manpower that's just what god said he said i suffer not a woman to speak or usurp authority over the man it doesn't mean that god doesn't want ladies to talk in church boy they've they've really messed that up oh ladies you got you can't say anything in church well that's not true that's not true um what, what it's referring to is authoritative speaking. That's What I'm doing right now is I'm speaking. I'm giving the Bible out. I'm preaching. Uh, and God said, that's not for ladies to do. So I, that doesn't mean uh, that a woman can't talk in church. You ever understand the difference? The, the word speaking is, is primarily talking about preaching and teaching. Okay. All right. So be careful, ladies. I don't want you to go out and say, well, the preacher said I can't say anything in church. No, that's not true. And the Bible doesn't say that. So we have, uh, boy, we've, we've only, well, let me say this before we go. All right. Peter said nothing further about the gift of tongues. In both of his books, he never mentioned tongues. But he was the one that God used for the main miracle of tongues. He never mentioned it in his letters. 
The Apostle John never mentioned tongues again in all five books that he wrote. He never mentioned it in the gospel. First, second, third John never talked about it in the book of Revelation as the gift of tongues. He never said that. Jude never mentioned it. James, I don't think, ever mentioned it. And isn't it amazing that if you look at the practical operation of the gospel in the world today, Don Sisk was 30 years in Japan. You know what he had to do? He had to learn Japanese. If the gift of tongues was an operation, why did he have to learn the language? Uh, William Carey, I believe, went to uh, China or India. I get I get them mixed up. I know David Brainerd went to the, the American Indians. He had to learn the language of the Native Americans. Why? Because there was no gift of tongues for him to operate. Uh, I think William Carey went to either India or China. They had to learn Punjabi. They had to learn Mandarin. All these missionaries. Do you know we have missionaries that we support? The Copiops, um, uh, Tiffany Copiop, she's got to learn Pidgin English. She has to learn the, the uh, Papua New Guinea language. Jason Russell, where's the gift of tongues for him? He has to learn and has learned uh, the, the language of um, uh, Papua New Guinea. Yeah, people that go to the Philippine Islands and they're in indigenous works, they don't have the gift of tongues. If they did, why do they have to learn uh, Tagalog? Why is it? Where is? Uh, every single person that, that talks about this gift they, they, don't, they don't have any explanation for why all these missionaries in the New Testament have to learn the language of the people that they serve. When people go to Mexico, uh, Brother Kevin Wynn, I think, uh, uh, or Martin, I think there's some great, great missionaries in Mexico. Why do they have to learn Spanish? See, the gift of tongues was in operation. Several gifts were in operation in the early days of the church. But some that are completely listed there are, are, are over now because the gospel is now. Now, if you want to get the gospel to somebody, what you do is you just go to that country, learn their language, and teach them the Bible. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, special miracles that have taken place, but none of them can be proved, although the testimony of people have been given. And I don't think God's limited. You understand God's not limited. If he wanted to do something, break a barrier, he'd do it, wouldn't he? Uh, there's lots of exceptions, but the gift as a whole, uh, I don't believe in operation anymore. And that's why when you look at your Bible, realize this. You've got everything God wanted you to have. There's nothing new. There's no new scripture that you haven't got yet. The only thing new is tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I hope I've explained it. Uh, there's never enough time to completely exhaust the scripture. So you understand uh, how many are glad to know that you haven't missed the gift. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Bless our time in church in Jesus name. Amen. All right.